0: Welcome to Sega Saturn the only podcast that comes directly out of Portugal. My name is Patrick, and today we have a very special episode where we have three guests from one country, and that country is, as you guessed it, Portugal. So would you guys like to, uh, before we start, go around and uh, introduce yourselves?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Stika, or at least on YouTube it is Stika. Uh, my real name is Gonçalo. I have a um, small YouTube channel dedicated to retro gaming where I occasionally not only, not only review retro games but talk about Portuguese and Brazilian gaming history.
2: And an awesome channel it is.
1: <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, it is. How
2: about Nuno?
3: Hello, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. For those who don't know me yet, I'm Nuno, as I just said, and uh, I'm part of the Saturn Junkyard project. Uh, I've been a part of the Saturn Junkyard ever, ever since the almost the very start, and uh, nowadays I mostly show up on the Titancast, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Saturn, and sometimes even things that are not directly related to Saturn, but just related to Sega in general, and I'm also the main content producer to the Saturn Junkyard uh, YouTube channel, so if you guys want to check that out. Be my guest.
0: Yeah, got some great videos on emulation that I thought are uh, is very fantastic, at least in my opinion. Because I never really, I don't really dabble in emulation too much, but I really love the video effort and the information that it provides.
4: Thanks Agreed. a lot, man. Appreciate it. I like your Jet Set Radio uh, for the Xbox video. I watched that one fairly recently and haven't had a chance to try it out yet on my computer, but that's g- given me the motivation to put it on my list and <laughs> give that a go. So, great, man. And finally,
2: we have Roberto.
5: So my name is Roberto. I'm I'm uh, an admin for uh, for the Saturn Junkyard, the Saturn Collectors and Gamers, and also recently uh, Sega Saturn Portugal. Um, the Saturn is my first and only console uh, I have. Uh, I don't know if it's out, out of love but uh, uh, I'm not I don't, I don't like uh, new games that much because they, they all seem uh, copies of, of each other and when I, I when I see a, a game I, I like I, I play it on the on the computer the, there's no really original games like, like before
0: that's understandable yeah, definitely definitely can't get games like uh, that were on the Saturn before, for sure. Agreed. I gotcha. All right. And then uh, with us today are our usual uh, your Shiro, uh Dave, Peter, and Nick.
2: So do we want to start by going around the circle and having each one of you guys tell us your your Saturn story or how you, how you came to know and love the console? Uh,
1: so, so, sure. Go, go, go ahead, Luna. Or, or...
5: Um, well, I... Uh um when when i was uh, a kid I, I used to to love reading uh, duck duck uh, comics and on on the back there was a, an ad for for a uh, mega drive and everyone in in my my area uh, had the mega drive I, I played with them and they they swapped games with, with each other and i started saving money to to get a, a mega drive so I, I I could swap, swap games with, with them. But then I saw the Daytona uh, commercial uh, reality always hurt. And I, I got hooked, and instead of a Mega Drive, I, I, I bought a Saturn in uh, 1996. Uh, I recently found the, the receipt. I, I have it in my hand. I bought the Saturn on uh, yeah, um, July 9th 1996.
0: Oh, wow. That's cool. You have the exact the exact date and stuff for that.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can even tell you the time. Uh, no, I can't. Um, yeah, I, I bought um, a Model 1 that came with uh, three games uh, Daytona, uh, Vir- virtual fighter remix and, uh, In- international v goal. Um, it's ki- kind of funny because, uh, the distributor, uh, they supplied the virtual fighter remix, but on, on the, on the sleeve of the, the box, they have the, the characters of, uh, virtual fighter 2. So uh, kind of f- funny game, yeah. Um, yeah, I was probably the the first in my area to to get a, a Saturn, and my second game, uh, of course, it, it had to be Sega Rally. I I bought it. I bought it in uh, August twenty uh, second. I I know that because a a friend of mine, uh, it's it's his birthday on on that day. And uh, when I I went to to his party, everyone uh, was asking about the Sega Rally. How was it? Uh, uh, How how's it feel? How how it drives? Uh, Yeah, it's cool. I haven't played that much, but... Yeah, the... uh, things things like back then were different now nowadays we have we have the internet and you base your thought on on reviews and back then we we purchased magazines and we we tested the games it's a whole a whole different experience and since yeah just rolling
0: the dice on it
5: yeah and Since then, I've been collecting whatever comes uh, in front of me that looks like a a good deal. And I'm about uh, 16 games away of finishing the the PAL set.
6: Oh, nice. Congrats. Cool. (laughs) That's very impressive.
5: Yeah, and and I have a lot of... uh, uh, bits and bobs, uh, some some rare stuff, uh, uh, a lot of magazines. <laughs> Dave no one knows that. Uh, magazines, uh, flyers, brochures uh, in French, English, uh, Portuguese. Uh, yeah, I would, <laughs> I
2: would agree that Roberto has one of the most impressive <laughs> European Saturn collections that I've seen, for sure.
5: And you haven't seen it all. <laughs> No, I know. (laughs) I haven't
6: so I'm curious, Roberto, what out of those sixteen games you've got remaining, what are the ones that you think are gonna be the hardest for you to track down?
5: Uh well I I was one of the lucky ones that that uh, bought Fans of Dragoon saga and Courier Crisis new on on the on the store. Um also, an, another rare rare game uh, nowadays. It's it's Deep Fear, and I, I bought it probably 15 years ago for r- r- real a, a very good price. So I have almost all the 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 made, all the, the rare games and and the expensive ones. So I think my my the one I'm missing that probably is going to be difficult to find it uh, in in the hunt. The okay, uh, that's a good one though. Yeah, uh, all the the remaining ones are really really cheap and really easy to to find. And uh, I have I have a friend that uh he's thinking of selling his collection so i got four dibs on the the remaining 16. excellent
0: nice i hope you get it yeah me too what about you nuno can you tell us a little about your experience with the saturn and uh growing up with a sega in general
3: sure so um to give you some context i'm 32 years old i was born in 99 And um, the Saturn was my very first console. I uh, begged my parents for a console. They held out for a couple of years. Uh, Basically, all of my friends already had consoles, although none of them had a Saturn yet. Most of them had uh, master systems. If you guys have watched Sticker's video, you will guess why that is. Uh, I I grew up in a rural area, very low income. So the master system was usually the most accessible in terms of price. Uh, Most of my friends had master systems, although some did have the Mega Drive, which is already a a big improvement. Um, And for uh, some time I didn't have any. So I just kept begging my parents until they finally agreed to buy me a console. I can't be exactly sure when, unlike Roberto, I just can't really say for sure when they did buy me the Saturn I think it was probably if I had to guess I would say it was in 1997 so I would have been 88 years old and um, why did I choose the Saturn in particular basically and this is already going into the, the topic of, the, of this podcast I chose the Saturn For the very simple reason that Sega was really all I was aware of. I mean, I did know that there were some other brands, some other consoles. But Sega was just so dominating, even for a kid who didn't follow gaming news. Like, back then I didn't buy gaming magazines or anything like that. Uh, As I said, I grew up in a small village. So... I just um, wasn't really aware of the state of the games market, but I did know about Sega because, as I just said, as I, excuse me, as I just said, all of my friends had Sega consoles, either the Master System or the Mega Drive, um, and I knew I just knew about Sega. There were Sonic cartoons on the TV. Uh, there was also um, a video game show on tv on one of the main open channels which was temple dos jogos games temple which stick already also talked about in this video Uh, and this show was really big because as i just said unless you were buying gaming magazines there was just no other way to keep in touch with the new games that that were coming out and that show was really amazing because, unlike the magazines, you could actually watch gameplay of the games. And those guys gave Sega just a huge coverage, and the Saturn in particular. I remember, in the years following, um, in the years before, my parents finally bought me my Saturn. They would always talk about the Saturn all the time. Like most of the coverage in that gaming show on Prime TV, would be about the Saturn. So. There was just no doubt in my mind whatsoever about what was the console that I wanted. I wanted a Saturn because it was from Sega and Sega was the de facto manufacturer of video game consoles in Portugal at the time. And uh, the Saturn was their latest and greatest machine. It was The games already came in CDs which looked so futuristic compared to the cartridges that came before. And the games were in 3D, not just exclusively 2D, like in the previous consoles. And the Saturn was just just amazing. It was the greatest thing ever. And I wanted one, and I got one, and I loved it. (laughs) I still do. That's why I'm here uh, so many years later, talking about it still. So yeah, that's, um, in short, my story with the Saturn.
0: Yeah, Sega really, really pushed hard in the in a, in a lot of the in a lot of those countries in that that area, like in sort of in South America and and Portugal and Spain. That area is quite a bit, at least in comparison to Nintendo.
3: Oh yeah, Nintendo just it just didn't register, uh, at least until the Game Boy. The Game Boy got very popular, eventually, and the Game Boy Color they got very popular. But in terms of home consoles, I mean, even to the up to the N64, it just... And, and even later, in terms of home consoles, they didn't become really popular until the Wii. I mean, yeah. even the, the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube, just they just weren't that popular. They just weren't.
0: Fair Which enough. is probably right.
3: really weird for someone coming from America, where Nintendo was a yeah. huge monolith.
0: Yeah, it's it's really funny like it's it seems like Nintendo's focus was on the North American continent, uh, particularly Canada, the, Canada and the Canada and United States in comparison to the rest of the world where it seemed like they didn't really care much even in Europe. I mean, I still hear people say that Nintendo wasn't was still like the second place almost for most of that time. So it, it's just funny to me in that regards, but uh, I think hopefully we'll go we'll go over that a little bit later uh, in, our, in some of the next questions. But um, uh, what about uh, you, you, Stika? Did I say it right, stika? Stika, stika? It's fine. It's just a sticker,
1: but it's fine. Stika. <laughs> um, I, I see your
0: name all the time. I never know how to pronounce it.
1: <laughs> For it happens all the time. I sometimes regret this name. <laughs> Um, Sticker, I'll try my best. <laughs> no, it's fine. no worries, no uh, Well, first of all, I want to say, after hearing Nuno's story, I kind of want to give him a high five because I too kind of know what is what was like, like like being born on a, on a poorer family who didn't who or, or whose parents didn't want to spend a lot of money uh, on video game consoles. Um, I was born in a city near Lisbon, uh, called Almada, which uh, I've heard it being described as um to Lisbon what Brooklyn is to New York I guess so that should give you a, a bit of an idea I suppose um, it Sure does. But, <laughs> but I I was actually the rare Nintendo fan as a kid the very rare one as a kid um I, I a friend of my brother's had a Super Nintendo and when I compared to the Mega Drive and I saw for example uh, how much better the graphics were on, 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 or the sound were on Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or Killer Instinct. Like, I, I, was, I was a huge Nintendo fanboy at the time. Um, but when the 32-bit generation came around, uh, the Saturn was the one that grabbed my attention. And I think part of it was just how the games looked. Well, first of all, there was a, just a lot of promotion for the Saturn. And the, the N64 didn't come until later... I didn't know anyone who... Even when it came out in Portugal, I didn't know anyone who won an the N64 versus a Saturn until much later. Um, Nuno already mentioned Tempo dos Jogos or the game's temple, uh, which was a news, reviews, and previews uh, TV show in primetime television, which uh, it, it talked about all systems, but for the first year, the Saturn was the big one, most likely also the biggest sponsor, I'm going to guess. And... I remember just thinking just how how much of a leap it was going from the Mega Drive or Super Nintendo to the Saturn. Uh, even though I could never actually own one. And in fact, I did not own a Saturn during those days. Uh, like, like I said, I was a bit poor and I didn't even own a 32-bit system or a 16-bit system or an 8-bit system for that matter. I had a Famiclone. So the cheapest of all options, a bootleg Nintendo console basically with 42 uh, games in its memory of uh, basically very early Famicom games in, the, in, in its memory, and that's pretty much most of what I had throughout my through, through my childhood. And um, yeah, every time I saw the Saturn on a on a toy shop or television or whatever, seeing Virtual Fighter or Sega Rally or or Lockwork Night or whatever, and then I went back and all I had all I had was like Mario Brothers or the original Super Mario. Just man, that feeling of jealousy I cannot put into words, I suppose. Um, but in what aspect? Uh, well, mostly because I only had an 8-bit system while everyone was like playing already 3D games, polygonal games, oh. just, 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 <laughs> just, you know, I, I was basically three generations behind. I, I suppose. <laughs> so that was that, that. was actually a huge defining uh, uh, characteristic for for my childhood and my video game history. I suppose my video game tastes. Um, but it, it, it there was just something about the Saturn that I really enjoyed because the 2D games look great. I remember like being Marvel at X Men: Children of the Atom, but then it also had like some great 3D games. And it to me it was the system to get, even though I couldn't afford it. And by the time I could afford a 32-bit system, the Saturn was already dead, so I had to go for the PlayStation. And in fact, I did not buy a Saturn until the until I was in college, somewhere in 2005, 2006. So way after oh, wow. the Saturn was dead, and that's when I got my first Saturn um, through a, through an old an old schoolmate of mine who who had his, and I bought it from him. I still have it. I eventually modded it so it runs games either fifty hertz or sixty hertz, depending on which switch uh, which setting I I set the switch. And um, I've tried building up a, a modest collection. I have about like sixty or seventy games. I suppose I try to go for the rarer ones, but. The Saturn was kind of like you, you know the one that got away, the one you always kept pining for. To me, that was the Saturn. I suppose.
0: No, that's understandable. I, I kind of can relate to that. Like it's uh, it's one of the, the Sega systems that slipped through my fingers when I first when I first was playing that, and I didn't really get to play it till around your around that time that you you got it around two thousand five.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I, I guess I was kind of lucky because. The thing is, growing up in Portugal, because the Saturn was so successful, buying Sega Saturns and Sega Saturn games was actually not that expensive for a long time. I've bought like games like Resident Evil, Shinobi, Shining Force for honestly paltry prices. Like I think I bought Shino- uh, a complete in box copy of Shinobi for the Saturn for like 20, 20 bucks or twenty euro, depending how you wanted to to which currency you want to use. But again. 20 bucks for a complete copy of Shinobi. That's crazy today. You're never going to find that, either PAL or US. It hurts to Uh, hear. (laughs) It's painful. But but it's it's not just Shinobi. It was like KO2 Flying Squadron, Resident Evil, um, Shining Force 3. In fact, all Shining games were released in Europe. I bought them for like paltry prices. So it was a really good time to to collect for the Saturn. So even though I was a, a latecomer, because the Saturn was so successful here, you could buy a lot of secondhand Saturn games for really cheap. And most people, most people didn't really know they had them. Like, you could buy literally complete copies of Panzer Dragoon or Panzer Dragoon's Wife for under twenty bucks, like fifteen bucks. You'd get a complete copy of Panzer Dragoon's Wife.
4: Ouch! <laughs> Ouch, indeed. Yes, <laughs> very difficult to hear in twenty twenty one.
1: Yes, it is. Sadly, <laughs> the high prices have reached here as well.
0: Yeah. It's not a fun time to be a Saturn fan right now. If you want to buy games physically,
1: yeah, sadly I haven't bought a Saturn game in like two or three years. I, I kind of been priced out of the market. Uh, sadly, many have. Yeah,
0: after paying like eight hundred bucks for for Magic Knight, I think I'm good.
1: Ooh, damn.
0: Yeah, a lot of trade bait for that. <laughs>
5: Yeah, you you talked about uh, T- Temple of the Games. Uh, I remember back then we only had four channels on on a TV. <laughs> yes, um, and that that show uh, was was on the third channel. That was a, a new a new station that was launched probably in ninety two um they have uh, uh really good shows for 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 teens and uh, uh, other stuff because the the main two two channels were um, kind of old and uh, news and uh, kind of I don't know directly uh, uh, they have um, a more uh, how do you say um, they, they were targeted uh, more, it was edger, I guess more, yeah they or, uh, more o- older people yeah and, and uh, the, the third channel came with uh, different shows and uh, became very popular but uh, the the first channel uh, they saw the the success of temple of the games and i don't know if you if you remember this but they they made a, a show named Cybermaster, where they they uh they oh, had a, <laughs> they had a, a, a tournament uh and they they travel uh all over the the country to find the the best gamers, and then uh, they they will do the the TV show with with the best gamers, and they they played uh, Sega Rally on on versus. Um, I can remember other games they they played back then, but I remember the the final the final game the the tournament was v- Virtua Fighter two, and um... I, I have I have. Uh a brochure here, a Portuguese one, um, where they, they offered uh, an exclusive Sega Rally T-shirt. And uh, the first prize w- was about uh, fi- 500 euros back then in S- Sega products.
2: Wow. <laughs> that yeah. would be a great prize. <laughs> um... Yeah,
5: but back, back then it, it, it was huge. And the second... It's half of that, and the third one, it's half of the of the the
1: half. Um, the thing about Cybermaster, that show was honestly incredible because, like, like, like uh, Roberto said. Imagine, uh, imagine it was, like it,
5: it was cheesy as hell. oh, it was. But, <laughs> but like imagine like they were all dressed in, in cyberpunk and yes, um, and oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Imagine like a competition. It, it was just Sega. It was completely sponsored by Sega. No, no other systems. Yeah, and like it was all cyberpunky. And no, no joke. There was so much like. um BDSM overtones in that show. Like I'm not even kidding. They literally would get the the presenter was like a runway model, which was always very like tight leather or corsets or whatever, and then they would put her in chains. And this would air Saturday morning for kids. No so, flipping way. It is amazing. <laughs> I have actually made a video about it. If you want to check later, it's oh the this show is amazing. It's like 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 seriously, they would put her in chains or or or, or cages or whatever. <laughs> Or sometimes they would like strap kids to chairs, and they, and they were like, "Okay, now go play <laughs> virtual fighter. The wit, the loser dies." And like, oh, it, it, and yeah, it, it always the loser canonically would always die. It's not like, oh, he's being <laughs> sent to the shadow realm. No, if that kid's your neighbor, that kid is dead. He he is he was fucking murdered. Sorry, can, can I can I can I? We, uh, we can censor uh, it. It's okay. okay. Sorry. Yeah. He was murdered. Just it was amazing. That's <laughs> so madness. can we get
0: this, can we get the show with subtitles, please? Because I kind of I
1: I did it. I've already did it.
0: Yeah, I um, want to see it. this.
1: Yes. I've
4: already oh, did that's it. Great. I did
1: that, a video I, on it and, and, and I that as well.
4: Everyone you've told about this outside of Portugal has probably already said this, but that would not fly in the US for sure. Oh I know. <laughs> it, it, it's it's the
1: show is simply amazing. Sadly that's on season awesome. two. On season two, they toned it down. I'm guessing they got a lot of complaints, basically. Oh, oh also, there was a villain. The villain who would kill the kids. He would say a <laughs> lot of things that... They were just so filled with innuendo. Like, like a lot of times the things he said, he sounded more like a pedophile, to, to be honest. It, it, it's It's... It's oh, really geez. weird, this show. I'm not even going to lie, but it was so amazing. I it mean, awesome.
2: to be fair, Saturn's mascot in Japan beat up a bunch of kids coming home yep. from their baseball practice. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and terrorized kids on Christmas morning. So, you know,
4: <laughs> it's oh, uh, I it's saw uh, that. Yeah. The only mascot we got was the PGA champion, Craig Stadler, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> i saw i saw all the
1: memes i saw the memes he's well loved <laughs> good make he's, it the be best
4: i
2: have a question so okay uh i watched your video stika it was great as as mm-hmm. other folks had said and uh definitely gave some excellent context to you know what was going on uh it was amazing to hear that there was like a simultaneous console war like between like three different generations of consoles 8-bit, 16-bit and 32-bit and it really just had to do with your economic status, <laughs> which uh, which way you went, but uh, it seemed like the turning point that you mentioned was this one game, I don't know, this one like yes. catastrophic, you know game to rule all games uh, <laughs> tell us about this game why is this game so important
1: uh, I, I believe me and Nuno actually talked about it like, like uh, a day or two before this podcast, but like Basically, I, and I, I love saying this, in Portugal, Sega was both saved and doomed by Dragon Ball. Saved because Dragon because Dragon Ball the Legend was an exclusive to the Saturn in in Europe. It launched In Japan, it launched both the PlayStation and the Saturn, but in Europe, it only launched for the Saturn. And literally, every kid wanted this game. It was like Final Fantasy VII for the PS1 or Halo for the Xbox. Wait, but why? And, but- because... <laughs> The thing is, Dragon Ball aired in Portugal well before it did in, in the US. By that, like, like, we actually started with the original Dragon Ball. I, I don't know if you guys know the anime.
0: Oh, the, man, yeah, I love I right. love original oh, Dragon sure. Ball. That's... We started
1: with the original Dragon Ball first. We, we, we got everything in order. And then we, mo- we, we moved on to Z as soon as the original one ended. And, and then you had time...
0: to skip GT, right?
1: No, sadly, GT did air as well. <laughs> it was I horrible. gotcha. And, like, as soon as, um, like, I would say around the time that Dragon Ball Z started airing in the U.S., I would say we were already at the Cell Saga, give or take. So we're we're pretty far ahead. So basically Dragon Ball Z The Legend launched in Portugal right during the peak of Dragon Ball Z popularity. And it was for a new 32-bit system. So the graphics looked amazing. The gameplay looked amazing. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. The game was terrible. Um, Yeah. But it looked great, it was Dragon Ball, so every kid wanted it. And the funniest thing, at least for me, is that everybody loved the game, despite how terrible it was. I think we somehow convinced ourselves that it was good, and, and no, it wasn't. And, I gotcha. And, and,
0: and hey, also, classic, also okay. unrelated, unrelated. <laughs> but was Yu, Yu Haka Show popular in uh, Portugal at all? Totally not asking for another cast here, I do. Be honest.
1: I, know, I know of the show, I know it was super popular in Brazil. I don't think it ever aired here, though. If it didn't, I never saw it, at least, or don't know anyone who saw it. I gotcha.
5: What, yeah, sorry. For, what show?
1: Sorry, Yu Yu Hakusho. I think it was called
0: Ghost Fighters and Ghosts or Spirit Hunters or Spirit Fighters uh-huh. or something. and in, in, um, in no, the country. I not
2: remember
5: that one. But, but there was
2: it's... a uh, there was a release, a game released, um, I think, on the 3DO, like a fighting Yu Yu Hakusho fighting game on the 3DO in uh, Europe yes I, I might, yeah so like i don't know maybe a little bit
1: um the thing is fair matter the 3 or the jaguar i don't know if they even ever launched here to be honest they might have but they would have like zero visibility i think maybe nuno and,
5: and
3: roberto can can um, i don't uh,
1: chime know anyone in. that has one
5: <laughs> Not yeah, me neither. I,
3: I think if you want to when you would have to like ask the, the owner of the store if he could like, import one specifically for you, or stores that just dealt with import goods in general. But, but in terms of like a widespread release, I, I don't think so.
0: Fair enough. Also, I, I'm so, sorry for the tangent on that one, but uh, I guess getting back to, to Dragon Ball, so basically Dragon Ball sort of perpetuated and was the hype, essentially in Portugal, where everyone wanted to get the system with Dragon Ball on it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And and as the years went on, sometimes 97, 98, I can't remember the year right now, um, the PlayStation finally fought back when it released Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. So, another <laughs> Dragon Ball game, basically. And suddenly, suddenly everyone was like, oh my god, this one's polygonal! Because the Saturn 1 was like a mix of 2D and 3D. So... The backgrounds and the arenas were three D, but the, but the fighting characters were were two D sprites. Basically, spoilers. That one is also very bad. It's I, I would argue it's even worse to be honest. That's what so, I was going to ask.
2: Which
0: one is better?
1: <laughs> they were both terrible, but they were both system sellers, basically. So did
0: they use the? Were, did they actually use the, the same voice actors? No, in, that was, was Japanese, in Portugal. Japanese. Oh, voice it was all Japanese. Which because oh, in the because, US? Oh, sorry.
1: No, sorry, sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. go ahead. sorry.
0: I was going to say that because in the U.S., uh, the the Dragon Ball Final GT final bout, they actually replaced all the voice like all the voice actors were completely different. Like, uh, I think uh, I think uh, I think uh, Steve Bloom did the voice of Goku or something, and there are a lot of vocal changes. Like, it's not like the the U.S. cast like they'd imagine now. But I just thought it was funny and see if they did the same thing in like the European countries as well. Do you you guys know of? Do you guys know of any kind of
2: analogy to this where there was like a really terrible game that sold a system? <laughs> like, I'm trying to think if, the, if that has happened in any other country. Halo? Halo?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, dude, oh okay. shots have been fired. Uh-oh. That's a spicy opinion. <laughs> the, that take is
4: a little too hot there.
0: A little bit too hot. No, I'm just messing around No, I love Halo. <laughs> Good, okay. I, I, I was just trying to think of something... uh I no, um, oh, e, uh, E.T., I think, sold a bunch of Atari 2600s. Oh, okay.
4: That might be a good case. Oh, you yes, know what?
2: You're right on popularity alone.
0: Although, and
4: then... I, the, dragon, the Dragon Ball couldn't have been that bad. Like, you don't see oh, copies terrible. of that in landfills. Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's
1: totally It's
2: not terrible. great. I've tra- I, I wanted to like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see? See? But also, just so you know, the Portuguese...
2: It's a okay. uh, kind of it's
5: a delicacy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but back, back then um, Dragon Ball Dragon Ball was so and even Z was was so successful here in Portugal because uh, it it was dubbed in in Portuguese and yes. and they they um and they would uh, make funny jokes that were uh, were uh, popular with the the events that were were going on uh, in in mm-hmm. society I, I remember uh back then with the how's it how's the the character called in in english Majibua, i think
1: Majinbu, yeah
5: yeah in in portugal we we uh it was called boo boo <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, and back back then there there was a uh, uh, a, a a popular song uh, um that uh, a girl w- was singing it's something like you keep calling me baby and they they transferred that song to the to the character and he, he started singing on, on the show you keep calling me boo boo the the best yeah, they too- they changed yeah. and they 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 had a they they made a, a, a lot of, of funny jokes uh, about everything was going on on, on TV and, and society. That, that's why it was so so popular because you uh, you you could laugh in in the cartoons with everything that, that was going on back then.
1: Basically, the Portuguese dub was like an abridged series, like no joke. Yeah. I don't know if you guys seen Dragon Ball Z abridged. Oh, or do I love
0: it. DBZ abridged?
1: Okay, it's it was basically like that, except it was official. Literally, you would get random references, random jokes, like uh, a monster would appear, and Goku would say, oh my god, it's Miss Portugal 97, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus. <laughs> it, that is awesome. It was, exactly. it was exactly. terrible
1: and amazing at the same time. <laughs>
2: I'm just curious, was there, um, can you think of a single Saturn game that everyone or close to everyone loved that was actually good? <laughs> what, what would yeah. you say was like another epic game that was like a must have?
1: I can think of something, but I'll, 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 I'll let Hubert go first. I think I'm talking to you. I might be hogging the mic. <laughs> um, like
2: probably, universally loved.
5: Probably Sega Rally. <laughs> of course. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: Sega Rally was up there, Tomb Raider, Resident Evil, Virtua Fire 2, Fire's Mega Mix. It's just, whenever I see people selling their Sega Saturn uh, collections, one of these is always in that collection. Just yeah. at least one of these, at least.
5: And and also we, we had uh, uh, a special uh, console version that came uh, with, with Tomb Raider or even uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, it's it was a, a, a model too, but it has. Uh, I, I have it here on on the flyer. Uh, yeah, and no, also on the on the back cover, a, a lot of uh, VHS tapes for for Dragon Ball. Yeah, the announcing uh, VHS tapes. Yeah, I'm Europe. jealous
2: of you guys in Europe that got those like special boxes, special Saturn console boxes, <laughs> like pack-ins. That, that speaks to how much more successful it was at, in Europe and definitely in Portugal, uh, just that you guys got that kind of stuff and all we got was the plain box, <laughs> you
5: know? Yeah. In yeah, in, I- in, in, 90, in 97, we, we had a, a, a special version that came with, with Tomb Raider and uh, a VHS of, of uh, Dragon Ball Z. And a, a, a pocket boy.
1: I it's did kind, not know that.
5: Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, a small, a small Game Boy that has uh, Tetris. Yeah, Tetris Plus... and and game games. That it's so small that uh, I remember friends of mine using that as a, a keychain.
1: Yeah, it was basically like a, a Tetris LCD thingy. I yeah, maybe yeah, to yeah. it with the Game Boy or whatever. But yeah. yeah. I didn't,
5: in, that, in uh, I didn't
1: know that. I didn't know the Saturn came bundled with that. There was a bundle with, with an LCD Treacherous console in, in here. I, I did not know that actually. That's hilarious.
5: <laughs> That's why gotcha. I have the flyers. <laughs> the yeah, I think we
3: The bundle That bundle with the VHS tape. I actually didn't know about that. Uh, never saw that. But it's easily understandable if you realize, and this is something that is important to understand the context of the Saturn in Portugal which is the local distributors which once again is something that Stika covered in this video uh, because uh, Sega in uh, Portugal was I don't think first of all I don't think they either Sega or Nintendo had local offices I don't think so maybe I'm wrong but I think they mostly worked through local distributors local companies that, Uh, basically bought their uh, their stuff and sold it here and adapted it in some cases. Um, Nintendo was working through Concentra, which was a toy company. Sega, on the other hand, uh, they took a very different approach. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it it was Sega's decision or if it was the actual company that approached Sega proposing the deal. But they were distributed in Portugal by Echo Films, which uh, they didn't deal with toys they dealt with movies and music, mostly movies in my experience, both like regular Hollywood movies and also anime and uh, cartoons and stuff like that. So yeah, that they would make a bundle with both games and movies, for them it would make perfect sense because they already dealt with all of that stuff. So it would, like it wouldn't involve extra deals with an external company or anything like that. They could do all of that in-house. And I think that also goes a long way to explain the, um, the, their strategy for promoting the Saturn. Since, as I just said, they were already used to dealing with different um, different like customers because they both sold regular Hollywood movies and uh, cartoons cartoon movies, uh, so they were used to marketing towards both children and adults and teenagers and everyone basically Uh, and they were a really smart company and a really strong company and I don't think Sega would ever have the the success that it did in Portugal if it wasn't for that partnership and the fact that the local company Echo Films, who sold Sega consoles and games uh, if they hadn't done such a great job like overall great in every aspect uh, I don't think I think the the story of Sega in Portugal would have been completely different
1: I agree completely the, the, they, they really knew how to leverage their their movie rights uh, distribution in Portugal uh, like in the video like I mentioned they changed like the cover of a Master System game to use the Bloodsport 2 uh, cover for example Or they, they, they how they see us how they had the rights to the movie they could basically do it or they could they could uh, bundle whatever movies or whatever whatever other media they could with with their consoles because they they held the rights to it so there there were no no third parties involved basically
6: so uh, then I wonder whether that means that uh Sega's success in Portugal was almost accidental do you know what I mean like you know, uh, like, I'm not sure that they consciously made a choice to seek out this one company who they knew would do such a great job marketing. Same as, like, Nintendo and all the other guys consciously chose uh, organizations that maybe wouldn't have done such a good job. I just wonder if it was happenstance, if it was coincidence. Well, the one thing I learned from all of this is
0: that uh, Dragon Ball just officially wins anime. Like, it <laughs> just wins it straight up.
6: There's no contest.
0: <laughs> it straight up just wins it, so. so Sorry, funny everything sp- else.
6: It's a funny story. When I was a boy, I lived in France. Uh, So at the age of like eight or nine, whatever, I can't remember anymore. I remember watching the original Dragon Ball in France. um, And it was, I think it was dubbed. I don't think it was subbed. And so, yeah, I mean, I I recall experiencing that before, um, you know, coming over to North America before it became big here. So it's kind of a neat uh, tie in for me personally. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because my friend, uh, my, my friends um, from uh, from the Philippines, and he talks about Dragon Ball because he grew up in the U.S. and his his family's all from the Philippines. Like, and they're his like he's relating to his aunt's, Like, oh yeah, his aunt's like, oh yeah, I watched Dragon Ball as a kid. And he's like, oh wow, this is kind of weird now.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but I, I would argue that Sega, neither Sega nor Nintendo knew which distributors were good or were bad, so. Yeah, if, if, if Nintendo had chosen Echo Films, we probably w- we wouldn't even be having this podcast. And I would have made a video saying, oh, the N64 was a huge success in Portugal. Nobody wanted the Saturn or the PlayStation. It's, it's, it's entirely possible. Um, one thing I didn't say in my video, uh, because I, I, I didn't want to confuse the viewer too much, was that Concentra was actually not the first distributor of Nintendo in Portugal. There was one before it. I've heard they actually did a pretty good job, uh, but for whatever reason, they changed midway, or somewhere around uh, from changing the NES to the SNES, maybe 1992, 93, maybe. Uh, I have no idea why they changed distributors, but why they chose the worst one, uh, one that, that, that did its job worst, uh, 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 of all things. But yes, if would it be accidental because nobody knew which ones were good or terrible distributors? I would say absolutely. Neither Sega or Nintendo had any idea in my opinion.
2: I didn't hear you talk much about the N sixty four in your video. Uh I know you mentioned PlayStation and mm-hmm. the the fall of Saturn because PlayStation published a Dragon Ball game. Uh that, that Saturn that Sega didn't, but <clears throat> what about the N sixty four? Like how was that perceived?
1: It it existed, I guess. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, <at least laughs> that's a nice couple. Uh, that's a nice couple This <laughs> about, about yeah. as
2: well as it did in in, in Japan. Then, really,
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, yeah it, it really, it really. Okay, there <clears> was a lot of hype during its launch. Mario sixty four was a pretty big deal. We were talking about the games temple or temple of games or whatever whatever, whatever translation we want to apply. Uh, Mario sixty four was the first game that the games temple gave gave a maximum score of one hundred percent. And that was a big deal at the time. People were like, "Whoa!" Uh... They finally gave a perfect score to a game. But the truth is, the the, the Portuguese distributor Concentra, they never knew how to how to sell their systems, how to promote them. And even though they got a perfect score on the most watched video game television show in Portugal history, Portuguese history, it it, it once you know once people forgot about the game, it died. It and I don't think any other game ever ever. Received a lot of hype, maybe Golden Eye, but that's it. I would argue most kids at the time had never even heard of Legend of Zelda, of um, of uh, I don't know, Perfect Dark, of Banjo Kazooie. Uh, I would about argue Alcarina? most, no, either Akumina or Majora's Mask. They had probably never even even heard of those games. Uh, that, wow, that.
0: jeez,
1: Rip. that's how that's how terrible Nintendo was promoting in our country.
5: Yeah, and I, I, I know why, because uh, you, you, you said that in, in your video, uh, we're a, a, a poor a poor country. And back then, I, I remember going to, to the shops and uh, uh, watching the, the new, new launches and uh, trying to, to find a, a deal on, on a, a, a Saturn game. And I, I remember back then, uh, Saturn games were about 60 euros and Nintendo 64 games were about 80 or 100 Very true. It, yeah, yeah they're, they they're they're were nice. they were expensive and yeah. uh, it's it's kind of odd because everyone back then was uh, uh, burning CDs um, music CDs and we have the the Saturn and the PlayStation that could could play uh, CDs and uh, and uh, no one knew what 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 the deal was with the the N64. Mm-hmm. It, it has a, a a strange remote. Okay, it was the the first one that had a, a rumble pack. But okay, but uh, the console it, it was expensive at, at the time, and uh, I remember Two Rock uh, was. Uh, around a uh, hundred and ten, a hundred and twenty. Back then, it, it was very, very expensive.
1: So basically, twice as expensive as a regular game, as a regular Saturn game, basically.
5: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and at, and and at that
0: point, I think you brought up a good point with the CD player aspect. I mean, it was an easier sell to do this cheaper console that also has a CD player in it versus this giant thing that only play cartridges for a few games that are almost triple, double the price for it.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and the, there's I'll... another thing. Uh, no, go ahead, Robert. No, 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 please. I, I, I've already spoken way too much. Go ahead, please. <laughs> no, I just uh... wanted to add that if, if, you, uh, if you think about the, the Nintendo 64 and how popular it was in the US, how much of that was due to nostalgia? How much of that was due to people already being familiar with the NES and the SNES, people being familiar with Mario and with Zelda? That didn't happen in Portugal. I mean just try to imagine a world like that where you had never heard of Mario or Zelda before. Mm-hmm. Because uh, most almost no one had an NES or a Super NES. So this is all new and um, uh, yeah I mean I knew exactly one kid growing up who had a Nintendo 64. Uh, I, I obviously can't claim this experience to be representative of the whole country but from what Roberto and stick are saying, I think um, I think we can take that for granted and accept the fact that, yeah, as Nintendo 64 was really, by far, the loser of this generation in Portugal. Like, no question asked. I
1: agree oh, so, completely, yeah. because I knew two people who owned an N64. <laughs> no, this is terrible.
3: Yeah,
0: no, it's, it's kind of funny, and it makes me wonder, like, I guess uh, this is probably jumping a little bit ahead, but... Uh, what your opinion on the U.S.'s um, – I guess more of both, uh, both uh, all you guys' opinions on the U.S.'s console and the, the way the consoles worked here in the games because I think on the internet in particular, the internet is very American-centric and North American-centric where uh, a lot of the groups that are people in are always, oh, I want North American-only games or I want uh, yeah. U.S.-only games and this and that. And the collection's not a true collection unless it's North American, but I kind of want to hear your guys' perspective on that a little bit.
1: Um, well, truth be told, I created my channel because I felt like I wasn't being um, represented uh, on YouTube, I guess. I would always watch a lot of YouTubers. I Like, I, in college, I would watch a lot of Angry Video Game Nerds. No, um, a, a, a lot. Okay, all I can think of right now is the AVGN, but I used to watch a lot of retro gaming YouTubers. It's just that most have stopped in the meantime. But even most, Yeah,
0: I, I think the only one I can think of is like RMAC 21
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
4: Classic game room comes to mind. He was around. Yeah, yeah a classic
0: I'll game room. A spoony, spoony one before. Uh, I love spoony. Before, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stop right there. on that <laughs> Before one.
1: he went crazy. Yes. <laughs>
0: but yeah, there are little. Yeah, but there's a lot of them. But keep on going. Sorry about. That.
1: And no, no worries, no worries. And it's just I never felt represented because. Um, uh, okay, I, I know this is a Saturn podcast, but I'm, I'm going to have to back it up a bit. because uh, uh, Whenever, like, the Master System was mentioned, which, again, was a success in Portugal, the Master System, uh, it all sold the NES, it was always like, oh, the Master System, it was that one uh, um, NES competitor nobody bought. And the games are, like, the NESs, but not as good. And I'm like, no, they're not. There's great Master System games, come on. Or or, or, or again, the Sega Genesis. It's always like, yes, the 16-bit wars, they were really tight, but the Genesis eventually lost, and the games were not as good. And I'm like, let's back it up a bit here, Chief. There were some really good Genesis games, man. I-, I prefer the Genesis library over the Super Nintendo, man. And that was a Super Nintendo fanboy as a kid. So, But I, I actually changed my opinion around. So let's back it up here. Yes, it has great RPGs, great fighting games. But there's a lot of good stuff on the Genesis. And again, at the Saturn, it's like, oh, the Saturn that one system nobody bought. The Dreamcast that one system nobody cared about. The Saturn and Dreamcast were popular here. People bought those games. People loved Sonic Adventure. They they loved Walkworth Knight. They, they they played a lot of a lot of bug. They 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 played Fantasy um, Phantasy Star. It, it's just I never felt represented and eventually I just got to a point where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm creating my own channel.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's great that you did stuff like that, because it's hard to get that perspective. And, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. This might be bold of me to say, but, I mean, it's almost like it's the stuff like the console wars that you see all over the internet and the discussion is sort of, I guess, irrelevant to a lot of you guys, because the console wars is always Sega and then Nintendo in that case, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. In fact, the console wars was Sega and then Nintendo, and then it was Sega and then PlayStation, and then it was just PlayStation and nobody else, basically. <laughs>
4: that, that's Bitcoin yeah. here. A Portugal monopoly. Yes. Yeah,
5: I, I remember when, when I was a kid, uh, a friend of mine had uh, uh, NES. Uh, I played Zelda and Mario. And that's what I remember. And another friend had a, a Super NES. And that's it. Uh, all, all of my, my friends have... Uh, master system of or, or mega drive that that's why i was saving money to to get a mega drive but then the the saturn launch and uh i remember in launching portugal for uh, 500 and something uh, escudos the the portuguese currency back then um i don't know it, it was like what uh, a, a thousand euros or uh,
1: 500 um I guess kind of I I, I honestly forgot how to translate yeah. translatedo to your while it's been so long
5: yeah and uh, one one particular thing about echo films the the Sega the de- distributor in Portugal um we are the the only country that has the 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 manual uh, an extra manual translated to to Portuguese and they also added a, a sticker in the front that says uh, warranty Sega Portugal and on the back they have a, a sticker with the translated synopsis of, of the game that's that's how you can tell uh, European copies from uh, Portuguese copies
1: I hate those by the way
5: it's the, the yeah.
1: Because they would put like stickers on the, on the Saturn boxes, including the, the okay the, the Saturn boxes in Europe, the first models, they were basically cardboard. So if you put a sticker no. on it and you no. try to remove it, <laughs> you're gonna tear the cardboard. So you're gonna have that ugly sticker on your box for 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 all eternity, and I hate that. They
2: also get a bunch of like fingernail scratches in them, yes. and you know oh, like keys, yes. anything that, that you happen to like rub oh, up against I'd the like cardboard. To take yes. the,
5: the sticker out. <laughs> It's
2: just almost impossible to refurbish them, you know. You almost have to just like reprint and replace them, uh, which a lot of folks are doing these days, you know. But it's like almost impossible to refurbish them. Yeah, the the clamshell ones were better, to be honest.
3: Oh yeah, way better.
2: I am curious though, um, in your in your video, Stika, you mentioned okay, so Saturn was hugely popular. It was going Mm -hmm. along, you know, like a like a freight train, and then all of a sudden it just Dried up, like yeah. It's like you guys all qu- scratched your heads and said, "Like, what's going on? Like, where are all the games?" So obviously, <laughs> it had failed in in other parts of the world, mm-hmm. and um and the su- the steady supply of games just kind of dried up. And so take us through that, uh, and then you know, of course, the rise of the PlayStation, PlayStation overtaking Saturn. How do we get from there to the Dreamcast?
1: Um. Well, the the, the issue is, uh, like I said. The Saturn was super popular here, but the games just just they, they they just weren't releasing as many as time went on. It it was it was weird because oh you no, know, Resident Evil was popular. Everybody was playing Tomb Raider, and then suddenly oh, Resident Evil Two is a PlayStation exclusive. Tomb Raider Two, PlayStation exclusive. Oh, have you seen this new cool game called Tekken Three? Looks amazing, but there's no Saturn port, I'm afraid. What about Soul Blade? Oh, sorry, no Saturn port. Uh, so what have we got for the Saturn? I guess there's Quake, but oh, wait, there's Quake 2 for the PlayStation or the N64. It was just really a really weird time where the the, the the Saturn... You would go to a game store, you'd see a lot of space dedicated to the Saturn, but a lot of them were already old games. Like, you'd be in 97, 98, and they would still be selling you, like, early, like, launch Saturn games, for example, which the 32-bit generation had the the, the very interesting characteristic where the graphics evolved very quickly... You can, you can really tell the difference between, between a, ga- uh, a game from 95 and a game from 98. And they just looked old, but the PlayStation, kept, the PlayStation kept getting new games. And you could literally see the frustration in a lot of Saturn owners back then. I would have a lot of friends who had, who had Saturns, and you, you'd see like frustrations growing between them and the ones who had PlayStations. Because suddenly, everybody wanted to play Crash Bandicoot. Or Sparrow of the Dragon*, or better yet, *Metal Gear Solid*, which was very a very important game here as well. Um, and there was nothing like it on the Saturn. I remember, like, a friend of mine who was a who was a huge like Saturn fanboy, and he was like, "Oh God, I gotta get something that shows that the Saturn's good." So he went to a, he went like to a game shop, and he bought like three games completely blind. Those games were, and I kid you not, um, *Doom*, which, ouch! Oh God, yes. Uh, there was, oh, what was it? an adventure game for the 3 do that also launched for the Saturn. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, was it D? No, not D. Uh, it, it, it was part adventure, part uh, uh, first, part shooter, part part um, part rail shooter. Hmm. Oh, I can't remember right
5: now. Oh. Area Fifty One. Or- creature
2: yeah. Shock.
1: Something. What? Well, I forget was Creature Shock.
5: We don't have that in, in Europe. No. Okay. Um, uh, Siberia.
1: Cyber, Siberia, Siberia—that's the one. Siberia? Because they're like, "Oh, this looks like Metal Gear Solid." Spoiler alert: It's nowhere near Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> it's not quite <laughs> and, as good. Yes, and um, <laughs> a little far away. I've I
2: never heard that comparison.
1: I can't. I can't remember what, what the third game was, but like, literally, it, 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 like, you already had, you already, most, most kids already knew or had the good games, the Virtual Fighters, the Fighters Mega Mix, but like, even Sega would like slow down their seven releases. So suddenly you'd start doing like blind purchases and you'd get games like that, which didn't really help. So at least from the friends I knew, eventually they all all either started selling their Saturns or shelving them and and begging their parents for a PlayStation. You could literally see the transition happening uh, in front of your eyes, basically.
2: And what year was that? There was ninety eight, you said.
1: Oh, it's difficult to tell. I think it was around ninety seven, ninety eight, because I know that I don't know if Metal Gear Solid was already out, but it it was at least very close to Metal Gear Solid hype, very close to that.
5: Yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm going I'm going through my my brochures here, and I, I have a flyer from ninety seven that is talking about fight, fighting force. Another one that got cancelled, and I have here uh, another one from Christmas '96. Uh, soon, the 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 most recent successes worldwide, uh, arcade worldwide on exclusive on your on your Sega Saturn, and uh, it has three pictures of three games: Sega Touring Car. Man XTT and Virtual Fighters 3 yeah
1: okay there's at least one good game in there
5: um, and also I have I have uh, another brochure here that has a lot of games on discounts the uh, back, back then the, they were starting to to selling good games at at cheap prices uh, uh, game, games back there were uh, around around 60, 60 euros. And I, I have here, here Clockwork Knight 2 for 15. This, this is new. Uh, Exhumed pa- Power Slave, uh, 35. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, Knights, 35. Street Fighter Alpha 2, uh, 35. Crescent Dragoons why? Uh, twenty-five, and and on the back they they are announcing Magic the Gathering. So another Wait, one. That, exactly, Magic the Gathering.
0: A game for, for Magic the Gathering, or uh, or uh-huh. the card game.
5: Um, Magic the Gathering ba- Battle Mage.
1: Oh, the 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 the, the, the PS One game, yeah. I guess. Oh, I
5: guess there was this, okay. I didn't know there was well,
1: saturn port in the making, uh, uh, in development for uh, for, for Battle Mage. Yeah, I have it
5: here, and also on the on the footnotes, I have Reloaded, Syndicate Wars, uh, X, um, yeah, that that's it for uh, games that. Everyone was expecting like the, they didn't launch. And also, um, we, we were talking about the, the launch of Resident Evil 2 and Tomb Raider 2. That the were the, the main ones that got people uh, change from Saturn to, to the PlayStation. And also, uh, Portugal uh, uh, Portuguese, um, they like cars and one of one of the the games that brought people to to the playstation was gran Gran turismo we we don't have anything like it on on the saturn i I remember back then uh uh, lots of friends that had a playstation they they had to have the gran turismo
1: yeah i forgot about gran turismo that game was huge here
5: yeah We we love we love our our Formula One we love our rallies we love our our D- Dakar and uh, uh, we we love we love cars in general and and uh, what what the what did we have on the Saturn Sega Rally Daytona Sega Touring Car mm, wasn't that that great but I, I love it uh but Gran turismo was on, on another level co- comparing
2: so then where does the uh where does the Dreamcast come into all this
0: yeah did uh, did really the did Sega's popularity in Portugal carry on with that uh with the Dreamcast supporting that console
3: So about this about the dreamcast I um I think the, um Sega's fame in Portugal really did carry on at least this is my personal. Uh, impression of it I think the um, the Saturn wasn't like seen as this huge failure it was just seen as something weird I mean why why did it end like that why did it stop getting ports of sequels of games that it had the first one and then it didn't have the sequel like Tomb Raider or Resident Evil as Dika mentioned or the, the many cancelled ports that Roberto just mentioned that at the point of uh, marketing the games when they were still being developed uh, they were still um, there were still uh, Saturn uh, ports uh, planned but then between that point of first marketing the game and finishing development they had been cancelled so that was weird but uh, I don't think a lot of people thought too much about that I mean the, the PlayStation really did uh, get very popular very quickly so the market really changed in a, just in a couple of years, like from 98 to 2000. So roughly the decline of the Saturn and the, the release of the Dreamcast, the market shifted significantly. Really fast, uh, really hard. But despite that, I think Sega still had a huge following because of all of, all of the stuff that we mentioned already, there were, there were teenagers now that had been kids playing Mega Drive, Master System, Saturn. So the Sega name still carried a lot of weight. And I can't remember specifically about the launch of the Dreamcast, but I clearly remember that at some point, the Dreamcast, just like before, the Dreamcast seemed to be everywhere. You would go to a game shop and there would be loads of Dreamcast games to sell, they would have uh, kiosks with uh, consoles that you could play games on to try them on. Um, there were advertisements. There were brochures that would be given out in, uh, you know, shopping malls and stuff like that. People would give out flyers and brochures so you could read more. I actually still have one of those I think that I read from cover to cover and just gaze at the uh, at the graphics. Uh, I think that was a, a big selling point because the, the, the Dreamcast being the first um, the first system of the next generation, the 128-bit generation, the, the jump in graphic quality was really immense, going from the PlayStation, the most popular, eventually the most popular console of, the, of that generation, going from the PlayStation to the Dreamcast. It was just a huge leap. And I think a lot of people were just completely floored by what the Dreamcast was showcasing. I think that was a big selling point. And once again it was it just seemed to be everywhere. The the marketing was still really, really strong. It wasn't necessarily aggressive like in your face, but it was omnipresent. The Dreamcast at some at a very specific point, because once again the Dreamcast just seemed to fade from Night to day, just like the Saturn did. But for a while, after it had already launched, at least this is my perspective, and I want to know what Roberto and Sticker think about this. But the way I remember it, uh, between the Dreamcast launching and eventually it fading away, uh, there was a point where it was really immensely popular, I think.
1: Um, I I agree. When the when the the transitional shift from the Saturn to the Dreamcast, I would say it hurt Sega or Echo Films a little bit. Um, I I definitely remember I would that you didn't see as many commercials or as many sponsorships. I don't think there were any um, game shows that were exclusive to the Saturn during that time, whereas before you had Cybermaster or, or what and whatnot. So it hurt them, but it was still very popular. Um, like I said in my video, and okay, again, again, I have no sales numbers, but I, but hopefully Roberto and Dune will agree with me. I am fairly certain that the Dream, that the Dreamcast outsold the GameCube in Portugal and sold on par with the original Xbox. Except those systems had like four to five years to reach those lifetime sales. The Dreamcast had only one year, so the Sega brand was still very strong. The Sega following. Um, it was still a, a very popular system, although now. It did face severe competition with the PlayStation, like like uh, like um, said, and, and very correctly, the market shifted very quickly, just like that. Um, I don't know which system was cheaper at the time, the PlayStation or the Dreamcast. I do know that in Portugal, generally speaking, prices king uh, until very recently, but at least during the Sega Sega years, generally. It, the cheaper systems were the ones that, that would sell better. The Master System was cheaper. The Mega Drive was cheaper. The Saturn, I don't think it was cheaper. I think it was more expensive. but I can't remember right now. Um, but the the PlayStation was gaining a lot of following, uh, a lot of fans with, with its games. It was hard to compete with Fresh Bandicoot or Spyro or Metal Gear Solid. Even RPGs were finally starting to gain fans. RPGs like... Would, would would literally have no fans in Portugal until Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VIII, from what I from what I remember. Or was Never very... played it. Sorry, sorry.
5: Never played it. See, I, I it... don't know. I don't know what's the big hype in in that, but uh, I've I've seen some gameplays and I was like,
3: me. <laughs> but
1: RPGs I'm, were I'm, not I'm,
5: very popular. I'm going, I'm going to get killed for this.
1: No, no, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but yeah, the. I would say that I don't. If the i would say that both the Saturn and the Dreamcast died in Portugal because they had no choice. Basically, because Sega was 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 uh, was canceling their systems worldwide, so the Portuguese market, the Portuguese distributor had no choice. Because I believe that um, if the Dreamcast hadn't died an early death in, in, in worldwide, I believe it would have it would have held a strong second place sales wise. I don't think it would have outsold the PS2 but it would have held a very respectable second place which is more it can be said for the GameCube or the Xbox. At least that's my opinion but again a lot, of, a lot of this is conjecture and based on anecdotal evidence because like I said there are no official sales numbers but hopefully Roberto and Nun can, can either, uh, yeah, can, um, either,
5: either I, re- I remember back then we the, held the DVD uh, uh, Fever uh that was one of the the, the nails in, in the coffee for uh, for the the Dreamcast that didn't play any DVDs. Uh, and, and uh, back then the the PS2 was probably the cheap cheapest uh, DVD player you, you could get on, on the market because uh, uh, Sony, uh, Panasonic, uh, Philips, the, the major uh, DVD man- manufacturers, uh, their DVDs were like uh, 300, 400 uh, euros, and the PlayStation was like 200 something.
0: So was it... So when they announced that they were going to discontinue the Dreamcast, was it a, was it sort of a surprise to you guys, or was it a, oh we sh- we saw this coming? It's not really that big of a deal. We kind of saw this from a mile away.
5: Well, I, I live I live in a in a Saturn bubble, so I, I couldn't care less. But uh, uh, I knew a, um, a co- couple of friends of mine that had the the Dreamcast, and. Uh, I think one one of the the major flaws that uh, the Dreamcast the Dreamcast has was it was so easy to pirate. I, I have a, a friend that uh, has uh, had a few a few original games, and he had a, a huge spindle of of uh, burned uh, games. And even uh, US
0: titles worked. I'm, uh, I actually feel... Yeah. I actually feel uh, I'm kind of feeling nostalgic that even even across the country, or even across the world, the Dr- demise of the Dreamcast partially was because of that disc thing. Yeah. To be
4: honest...
1: I, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. go ahead, sorry, sorry.
5: Digital software.
1: Okay, okay. um... I don't know how much I, I've heard that the, the, the piracy being used as, as an example, but the thing is, the PlayStation also had a ton of piracy in Portugal, and it was a very popular system. So
5: yeah, I remember a, a, a cousin of mine bought a, a small plastic thing that uh, uh, he slided on on the on the CD tray to to open the the, the tray while it, it was loading or something, and. He, he placed the the burned CD and played on on the on the PS two. Uh, I remember some, something like that. A swap swap uh, swap something.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't it. saying that it was the the reason. It, I just saying that I, I find it funny that there was still a thing around the world and a thing that people, you know, really participate in and per se. Um, uh,
1: w- one thing that that um. Oh, oh damn it it escaped me sorry I was going to say something that completely escaped me um, you, oh sorry the original question was oh, if, if, if there was a sense if the, if the um, Dreamcast was going to die uh, or, or if we all saw it coming now I remember what I was going to say um, the answer to that is in my opinion nobody saw it coming because at the time I used to read gaming magazines I was a little older I had a bit more income and I would buy a few gaming magazines and I remember specifically I was reading the biggest Portuguese gaming magazine called MegaScore, and when the announcement was made, the very uh, and and the announcement was published in, in the magazine, the very next month, like there there were a ton of like user letters or reader letters where people, it's they didn't even understand the concept of Sega dropping the console market. Uh, it's, I I could it, I, it's like it's it's like it they read it and they didn't understand the article they read. It they read it. Yeah. it, was like, wait, what do you mean that Sega is dropping out? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's Sega. Or why would they be dropping out so soon? Or, or there was a lot of confusion. And it's like it's like the concept seemed impossible. Like you would read the article and it wouldn't register. It'd be like, man, this isn't happening. It's impossible. You, know, you wouldn't even understand it. So I would say there was a lot of confusion, a lot of disbelief. And sadly, in 2001, a lot of dismay.
0: So yeah. it's like you
2: guys existed in a bubble.
5: It, it really does yes. seem,
2: because uh, because for us in the West, it would have been a foregone conclusion. We'd all been, I mean, as as sad as it is, we'd have been like, well, we saw that coming, you know. But with you guys, it's just, it happens, and you're just like, well, wait a second. They're yeah. hugely successful. How is this happening, you know? Yeah, Why is this happening?
3: My experience was basically the same as Tika's. Uh, I read about it in a magazine, not Megascore, didn't like that one too much. I was more of a big gamer guy. But um, yeah, it was weird to to read in a magazine, in the news section, the announcement that Sega was abandoning the console market. Because it's weird. I mean, one thing, it's, it's what happened with the Saturn. They were in the game, they started losing, games started drying up no new releases you would go to a store and on mdc old games and it was like a slow decline and that's that makes sense from a business perspective i mean you can't secure new deals for new ports. you can not get new games out there you do what you can up until the last moment and then you just cut your losses and you stop releasing new games altogether okay that's one thing The Dreamcast was like the complete opposite, because one day it's like ahead of the game. It's selling well, it's popular, everyone uh, or a lot of people at least either own a Dreamcast already or are thinking of getting one. It's a really popular system, people talk about it, people buy games, Um, people play the games and then you just see the, the actual company itself making this announcement reported in various gaming magazines, as I just said, I read it in a different magazine from Stika, uh, announcing that they're, uh, they're going to withdraw from the, the battle, you know? It's like, it's one thing for the market to kill your, um, your business, uh, to, to like ruin your chances. It's one thing entirely different. It's an entirely different thing. For you to actually choose to stop yourself, so that was that seemed like that seemed like suicide. You know, you, you, Sega seemed to still have a chance, and not just a chance, Sam, Sega still seemed at the time to really be ahead of the game. And then, for the reasons that we just couldn't comprehend, they decided to quit. I mean, it was nuts. It didn't make any
0: sense. Yeah, as, as a kid growing up, I I remember exactly where I was when I when I heard that news that uh, that Sega wasn't uh, that Sega was going to stop making consoles. I was a uh, I was I remember I was a small kid, I was walking with my mom, and she said something that she saw on the news, and I was hella bummed. But uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm, I'm glad that that my that you know other people are also bummed, and it's kind of interesting to hear that perspective.
4: Heading into this topic, um, obviously, you know, when you guys had heard that they dropped, that came as a shock. Um, When you guys had heard about the Saturn's failure, we can pretty much call it a failure in the Western market, particularly its failure in North America. Uh, What was your reaction to that? Like, did you guys, did that make sense to you? Or was that, like, um, kind of a surprise to hear that it did so poorly here?
1: I was shocked. This is I did not see it coming at all. Yeah. What about you, Roberto? No, I, I I didn't see it coming, little at all, at all. Uh,
5: yeah. I have I have a few a few copies of, of Megascore. Mega Score, and it was like a, a general magazine, a video game magazine. They cover CD-ROM, CDI, Amiga, uh, and also the. They turned to the to the console market, but back then, um, I I remember in the PS2 and, and Dreamcast era, uh, another uh, other uh, really good magazines like uh, uh, consoles, and uh, there was uh, one or two big ones back back then. Uh, there were. Covering uh, everything from P- PS2, uh, Nintendo 64, GameCube, um, and speak, speaking speaking of, of GameCube, I remember uh, uh, I, I saw that in in stores for three months and then it, it vanished. It, it it was was kind of weird because it has some really small CDs, eight eight centimeter. CDs and uh, it wasn't that that popular because uh, you you couldn't play anything on that uh, and uh, I mean a, a, a CD why why do yeah. do, I, do I have to buy this cube thing that only plays small small CDs uh, but yeah uh, a friend of mine. Uh, was purchasing all those those magazines uh and i, I remember reading a, an article that sega was was leaving the the hardware uh, manufacturing and they were all in, uh launching software and i was like what uh back back then we we started to to get access to to internet and but we 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 were on like like David said we we were on our our little bubble and uh, oh Sonic <laughs> um, and we yeah we we are we we are a Sega a Sega country uh, we had very, very good games and we were like, what, Sega is leaving? There's no more Sega, no, no console to, to, to fight PlayStation. What, what is going on? What, what happened? Uh, I know many, many people have, have Sega, Sega products. What, what is going on? And yeah, we were stunned by, by that.
3: Uh, wow. The question was our reaction to Sega's to Saturn's perceived failure in the West, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when I when I started going online uh, and seeing, being becoming aware of uh, what people in other regions thought of uh, of the Saturn in general, um, this coincided with me joining the original Saturn Junkyard project with uh, Simon Early. Uh, it started out as a blog. I can't even remember the year, probably around 2007 or 8 or something like that. Um, uh, that was the the point in time where I went back to my interest. My my let me phrase it another way. My interest oh, in the theater. I
5: know, back. no, no. Let, let me interrupt. That. I know the the junkyard since 06.
3: Okay, even so, even earlier than I, than I was thinking. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, so. Uh, I, I had since moved on from the Saturn, uh, first to the Dreamcast and then eventually to, to other platforms like the PC and stuff like that. But eventually, I kind of, moving on from my teenage years to early adulthood, I kind of felt some nostalgia towards my first console. That's when I first joined the, the Saturn Junkyard project. And that's also when I actually bought uh, a new Saturn, because being the dumb kid that I was, I eventually sold my original Saturn, so I had to buy another one. And I quickly modded it, because at the time I just couldn't afford games, and they were, were already becoming hard and expensive. So I just couldn't afford it, and I did what I could. I modded my Saturn, started downloading games and burning CDs like crazy, like trying to experience everything that I missed, and part of that was also going online, talking to other people from other countries, reading articles and stuff like that to to know what other people thought of the Saturn outside of Portugal. And when I first encountered these I mean I wouldn't just say when I first encountered to this day it still kind of seems weird to me. This idea, especially not so much in the UK, because um, Simon Early is British, the Saturn Junkyard originally, you could say, uh, was a British project. So the the, the things, uh, the, the scene was a bit different in the UK, I think. But in the US, um, becoming aware of this, this whole thing of the this idea of the failure of the Saturn, of the Saturn as a failed system, as like a um, a blunder on on the part of Sega, like this uh, this spot, uh, this blemish in uh, in Sega's history, you know, this this bad console that uh, paved the way to ruins. That was the first a big mistake, I mean, you, you can go even earlier and say that the Mega CD and 32X were the first mistakes, but the, this idea of the Saturn as this really failed machine, this, this mistake on Sega's part, that shocked me because, as we just said, I mean, for the, for the past one hour and a half, we've been saying how in Portugal, Sega was amazing and the Saturn was amazing, even though it seemed to die on the spot from one day to the next uh, for the time that it was alive and healthy it was kicking ass it was a great system people loved Sega, people loved the Saturn uh, despite its early death it was still regarded as as a great system the people who had it I think most people have no regrets about owning a, a Saturn uh, so for, uh, for me, and I think for us in general, if I may say so the Saturn is... Uh, regarded very much as a success on Sega's part um, uh, and also as a very special uh, memory for the, the people who played with one who had one as kids but even from a business perspective I think it's mostly regarded as a success with its faults with its drawbacks but very much as a success so to see that in the US it's regarded as a huge failure that was very weird to me, and I think it still is a bit.
4: Thank you. I appreciate hearing, like, kind of your perspective on that, um, it, and the fact that you're that it's still weird to think of it as a failure in the West to this very day. Definitely speaks volumes of how successful it was over there. So.
0: One thing we're wondering, is it really common to run into other Portuguese fans of the Sega Saturn even today?
3: A bit, yeah. I would say yes. Um, in fact, uh, uh, I made a friend in, um, in college who was a big nerd, big into games. And um, he, he happened to have had a Saturn growing up. So yeah, like the, the first big nerd <laughs> friend that I met that I met in college... Did have a Saturn growing up? Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's just representative of just Saturn's popularity. I
1: I sorry, sorry go ahead yeah, sorry. Um, I was I was gonna say um, yes you'll you'll be a lot of Saturn fans, but I would argue that almost all of them, if not all of them, are like uh, their age ranges starts at thirty at this point. <laughs> oh i agree but, yes yeah definitely. like anything below 30 no no yeah definitely to you have
3: to have been a kid back then yeah exactly
0: it's <laughs> so, all about Fortnite nowadays right
1: Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of kids then grew up with like the playstation ps2 and they'll be like oh you know metal gear solid was so great in final fantasy 7 or 8 or 10 crash or bandicoot like um i've met people who were only like three or four years younger than me so i'm i'm i was born in 87 who were born, like, in 84. And they didn't even know what a Saturn was at that point. Simply because um, it was right at that switch. They were born right as the switch began to happen, basically. So they didn't have any memories associated with the Saturn. But by that point, it was a PlayStation.
3: Definitely, I do agree with that. Uh, just... Um, the. Just to reinforce that um, that feeling, the, the friend that I was talking about is one year older than me. I was born in ninety nine. he was born in eighty eight. So, uh, yeah, just going back a little bit to, to what we said about the market shift, how it was very sudden, very quick. Uh, if, you, if you were a kid uh, buying a console or your parents were buying a console for you for the first time in, uh, let's say, 96, 97, 98, it was almost definitely a Saturn. Uh, maybe by the end of ninety-eight, not so much. Uh, if you were buying a console for the first time in ninety-nine or in two thousand, it was almost certainly a PlayStation. So just a matter of a couple of years would have changed your perspective on all of this.
2: That's amazing. I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious if any of you guys happen to build. Uh, any kind of collection off of Saturn's failure, like from bargain bins? or Did you experience uh, clearances on Saturn games?
3: Unfortunately, no. I'm very sorry to say this, but in my case, no. I I
1: didn't have a Saturn back then, so not me either. Maybe maybe Robert.
5: (laughs) Yeah, um, I have a a funny story which I regret. Fortunately, it it went and ended up well, uh, I remember back then in 99 or something we, we were in, uh, in the PS two era. Um, I remember going to my regular uh, video game shop and, uh, on, on a corner I saw burning Rangers and, um, the, the, the photo photo CD operator and uh burning ranges were a a bit pricier than the 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 photo cd but not 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 as much Uh, let me think Uh, uh, the photo cd was 15 euros and burning ranges was 20 or 25 back then Uh, and i i i brought home the the photo cd but I was so excited to get a new Saturn game back then because everything was was vanishing, and I forgot to to tell the girl to save me Burning Rangers. I came I came to the shop the next day with with the money for Burning Rangers, and the, the game was uh, already sold. Luckily, I got. Uh, a Portuguese copy mint in in mint condition. Uh, a, a few years later, uh, at a, a very good good price.
0: Nice. I'm glad that ended with a happy story, though. Happy ending. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. but I, I remember I remember back back then. Uh, I used to to find uh, uh, Saturn games in places that didn't even sell games like uh, um, i I bought uh, Atlantis in a, in a computer shop it, it was on on the on the the main on, on the front window and I was like what what's this what's this doing here and I, I, I bought the game it was, it was re- really cheap and I I remember back then we we had uh an, an auction an auction uh, website called meow um it's it's uh, it's dead now uh, o, OL oh uh, she's uh came came to to Supreme that and uh, I remember uh talking seeing seeing ads and talking to, to people, people, oh, I want to to purchase the, this game. Uh, do you have any any more, or do you know uh, friends that have uh, Saturn games or uh, uh, peripherals or something? And that's the the way I I used to to find my my games back then. But everything was vanishing from from the the shops. Yeah, in, in the early
1: um, 2000s you could find like Saturn games really cheap and really easily on the internet, in Portuguese auction websites and whatnot, like like uh, Christine said. Um, and I would say you could find games, uh, a lot of rare games for super cheap prices up until 2010 give or take, maybe 2012 at the latest, and then it's like suddenly word got out that hey, did you know Saturn games... Are super expensive in the rest of the world, and because and instead of selling your copy of uh, let's say uh, Dynamite Cop, no sorry, uh, Die Hard Arcade uh, for ten euro, you could sell it for one hundred euro on eBay on eBay, and yeah. that's basically w- where we are right now.
5: Yeah, I remember. I remember back then. Um... Uh, answering a, an ad for a, a game I, I can't remember uh, what what game it was and um, i got friends of of the the seller and he told me um, i i i bought i bought a, a lots of, of rare rare saturn games from from him um, at very very good condition and he he sent me some pictures of of uh, his warehouse and i found out uh his uncle was uh, the director of echo films the the main main, main sega sega distributor he he lived in in porto i think i i I lost i lost connection with with him ah that's a shame uh, yeah but uh I I bought uh, uh, jewels of the oracle. I've got swagman. Uh, I got very uh, rare games at the at re- reason reasonable prices, and in in mint in mint condition. And all were port- Portuguese copies,
4: sticker free. I hope.
5: <laughs> uh, unfortunately, not. <laughs>
4: Dang it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um,
4: well. We've uh, You guys have told us some absolutely fantastic stories, and we, we really, really appreciate your time. Um, before we close things out, a real quick question for all three of you. If you had to pick, like, one top favorite Saturn game, what would be your, your top favorite? Just one? Yeah. Uh,
5: don't, don't do me that. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh... I everyone in the, in the community know that I'm a, a diehard Sega Rally and Daytona uh, player, and uh, I I can't choose between them.
4: Nice, so a tie between those two. <laughs> yeah, well How for about me you, it's new? easy.
3: I don't really, I don't even have to think about it. It would have to be Dragonheart, Heart, Fire, and Steel. Wait, I don't what? have
5: that one yet. <laughs>
3: You're what? missing out on the best, man. Uh, Wait, seriously, yeah. <laughs> I'm serious, man. It has dragons really? in it, all kinds of dragons—big
1: dragons,
5: dragons, dragons small
3: cool. dragons, flying.
1: Yep,
5: but it is that any, I've, saw,
1: I've seen. I've seen it for sale. I usually just ignore it. Think, like, oh, it's gotta be terrible. It's, it's good. Uh,
2: Nuno likes it.
1: <laughs>
4: I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that counts for something. Nuno likes Dude, Lost Nuno
2: World recommends. too.
4: <laughs> oh i see not
1: so We're much. of those people
2: radical acceptance
5: <laughs> how about you stika
1: i think the choice is obvious so i'm going with virtual highlight no i'm just kidding
5: um <laughs> great well my my, my friend Dan, daniel smith uh, lo- loves that one in all seriousness uh, I, I actually I do like that it. game
1: i actually i actually generally love that game but no it's not my favorite um I would probably go with with okay I'm I'm going to go with like the most normy uh a choice I believe but I'm going to go with like Shining Force 3 I believe Nothing either wrong that with or, that Either that or 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 a, a drag, ah, a Dragon ah Dragon Force I, Thank you Dragon Force You either that or Dragon both, Force so it, Those are
6: both a great games
1: Mm-hmm. They are the very normie choices with yeah one of those two. <laughs> it's
4: okay to go I I wouldn't call them normie. I don't think anything on the Saturn could be considered like a, a the, the normie choice of anything. Good point, so you're, yeah, you're good. you You can edit this up a, but a, you can edit
1: yeah. this up cuz I, I was going to say basic bitch choices but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they might be normie choices in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Sorry, if, if, it, if it's not Dysamon 2, like, I don't know what you're doing. You're, not, you're super annoying.
1: <laughs> Although Shinobi Legion's also pretty up there for me.
0: That's a pretty fun game. I was surprised how much Thank I liked you. that one. I like you that had, the good
4: so in good. you oh, had the good soundtrack in Europe. It's so good. The
1: European soundtrack is completely different from the American one. It is, yes. You had the I know one.
2: people rag on it because of the digitized graphics, but I like it. Nick did a good graphics. video on that one.
1: And I like, love the Power Rangers-like cutscenes. They're amazing
4: oh they're so good they're so (laughs) (laughs) they're so terrible but like in just the right ways
1: so wait wait. is is the is the american soundtrack bad i i know they are different i i don't know
4: not terrible it's just way not as good not even close like it's just so super generic and not not outstanding whereas richard jacques just like blew everybody away with his soundtrack for shinobi x like yeah. The European soundtrack is miles ahead of the American mm-hmm. Shinobi soundtrack. And
1: I remember really why, why Sega of Japan didn't just get Yuzo Koshiro, but whatever.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it grows on you. I will say it kind of grows on you when you play it a lot. But uh, but yeah, the Shinobi X soundtrack is better. By, so by, better. by far. Yeah. Well, cool. All
0: right. So uh, I guess uh, to wrap things up, I just want to thank all our guests today for uh, joining us. I really appreciate your perspective on Portugal and the Saturn because I know a lot of people don't really, don't really know that, especially because they're not from that region or there's a language barrier. So it's good to have people on to sort of talk about those different regions, and hopefully we can do that with uh, other regions of the Saturn as well in the future. Yeah, thank but, yeah, you guys for, you for coming on.
1: on. I, anytime, man. I, I, it, it was really fun being here. I, I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Before we go, let's do some plugs. So uh, you can check out Roberto's stuff on the Saturn Junkyard and the Saturn uh, Collectors and Gamers uh, group. You can check out Nudo on the Saturn Junkyard uh, website, uh, YouTube channel, and uh, the Titancast, along with the Facebook group. I don't know, Do you? Po- I don't see you post that there very often. Do you still post there a, b- a bit? Um, uh,
3: no, I'm not active there much. I don't contribute much to the, to the
5: company. He has a girlfriend now. <laughs> yeah that, uh-huh. keeps,
3: that keeps me busy definitely <laughs> so, uh, i mostly make videos for the for the youtube channel and uh, uh, star in the titan cast that's that's it that's my right. contribution
0: nowadays that's a pretty good one to be honest you a lot of good stuff
3: thank you man really appreciate it
0: and you can check out stika's work on his uh, youtube channel and uh check him out on twitter and fa- do you post on facebook or is it just twitter
1: I have a Facebook and even I even have like a a, um, a uh, well, Facebook is difficult. To say. The other the other popular social media, Instagram and also uh, also uh, Instagram. No, which which what? Is it? Yeah, Instagram. Sorry, I am terrible at these things. And also I have and I also have Instagram, but like eh, Facebook and Instagram, I, I post there, but not really my thing. It's basically Twitter and YouTube. Yes.
0: All right. And you can check him out on there or his uh, Discord group for uh, for Stika, and he's got a lot of good stuff. So check him out. Um, I think that's a, that, that's about it. I've, as always, check out uh, Sega Saturn Shiro on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and anywhere podcasts aren't sold and uploaded onto. So uh, pretty much, <laughs> I just play Sega Saturn or play or Sega Saturn Shiro, and of course, our website SegaSaturnShiro.com, or, or and check out the the Shiro Show. We're doing some news stuff. For those of you who don't know, or
5: yeah, I'm, I'm I'm loving I'm loving the those I um, uh, I've watched the every time you you launch a, a new one I'm, I'm I'm there. Well, thank
0: thanks, you. man. I oh, I, it, made sure it, to, I made sure I made sure to wear uh, Sega Search for you now, so it's all good.
2: <laughs> yeah,
5: it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's a it's a new a new for, format, uh, and I, I'm I'm loving it. Keep keep up the good work.
0: Thank you, I appreciate that man. Yeah. But uh yep, but uh and, and of course our Discord you can check that out and see us on Discord, chat with us, uh uh even go into the live streams and some of the uh and even we do uh, on the podcast we do like fan stuff, so if you wanna talk on the, the podcast the Shiro show, hop in and uh give us some uh give us your two cents. Sure. But uh I think uh that's about it. So uh as always thank you for watching and you must play Sega Saturn.
1: Sega Saturn Shiro
4: Shiro! Shiro! Shiro!